on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, May 13th, the L.A. Galaxy still feeling high off that win over LAFC, getting ready to take on Austin this weekend. So we're going to have a dramatic game preview for you. It's coming. It's ready. We're ready to go with it. Uh, we have a lot of LA Galaxy news to get to, a lot of MLS news with salaries, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're going to touch on a whole bunch of different topics that, that mostly focus around these rosters and a whole bunch of other things that we have going. So we're glad you could join us uh, to help me do all of the things that I want to do tonight is the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Vieira. Hammer, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. Oh, 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 oh. Still buzzing. I was going to say. Still feeling good after the win. I wasn't even there. You may may feel good about it. I don't know if that, like, 10 seconds just got us demonetized because, you know, you're singing that song, right? You know? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I I think you'll be okay with that. No. Yeah, I I think my pitch wasn't wasn't dead on uh, for the White Stripes there. I think we'll be safe. Yeah, that's, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, Tell tell me about the game. I I know you weren't there, but you got to watch it on TV. Maybe being a little removed uh, gives you a little bit of a different perspective, but um, are you of the camp that any win over uh, over a rival is a good win or or, or, or did the Galaxy play just fine? Man, you, you put me in a corner because you know I love to be, yeah, but still, both sides guy. <laughs> so any win against the rivals is a good thing. So absolutely ecstatic when you beat your rivals, especially, uh, you know, during league play this early to bank away those points and to, uh, you know, to jump the jump the rivals where you can and stay ahead of them as far as of the standings as you can. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, there was a lot of improvement as to be made as well. So I, you know, the grading the galaxy piece that I put out, there was a lot of five-star performances, but there were also some other performances that I thought, you know, could be improved upon. But at the end of the day, the defense showed up, you know, they didn't fold. I think in, in other seasons, we've seen the galaxy defense fold when they're under a lot of pressure and they were under a lot of pressure and they, they held strong. Araujo had a absolutely solid game. It looked like they were going to try to attack his side early on. And, and he held strong and came up with big tackles, had the most tackles in the match. Williams, his tackle assist, just a thing of beauty. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned it in, in my piece that if there, if we get into NFTs and start selling those, I heard Sophie talking about it last week, that NFT of him making that slide tackle assist is going to be, that's going to be a hot commodity. Uh, and then Jonathan Bond, you, you mentioned it on your Monday show and I mentioned it as well. It's not the saves, but it's the way he played and the presence that he brings. He's just a total upgrade. And then, of course, Chicharito continues to score goals. 
Jonathan Dos Santos having a big moment that hopefully is going to catapult him. Bob, Bob Bradley getting upset with Efrain Alvarez making a player. I mean, it's just it's it's stuff that dreams are made of. Uh, you know, it's always sweet to see the rivals lose and then to see their meltdowns on social media with the excuses. It just makes it taste that much sweeter. So, you know, there was the test the week before on the road, same day travel on turf against Seattle. Uh, you know, so it made you a little bit worried. Okay, maybe this team isn't the hot team that we thought that they got into the start. But I think they showed a lot of character in this game, and and that uh, I think that's a good thing when you don't necessarily play uh, you know a lights out game, but you still come out with a win in a rivalry game, and you have your your big players step up in big moments. Uh, what what's not to like? Yeah, there, there's a there's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Derek Williams uh, was spoke spoke today at the media call. Um, and so he was asked about that tackle because we didn't get to talk to him after after the game. Uh, asked about it, and he he joked around. They're like, "So, uh, so did you know Chicharito was over there?" And he's like, oh, "He's like, oh yeah." He goes, "You know, before I said Chicharito, don't move, Chicha, stay where you are, and I'm gonna hit that <laughs> ball to you." I'm paraphrasing, but you can go on our website or excuse me, on our YouTube page and uh, that video of the media calls there, so you can hear what Derek Williams said. But he was joking around. He was like, "Yeah, I had no idea." He goes, "I just wanted to put a strong tackle on it, and the ball went to you know Chicha." I know Greg was yeah. asked about it after the game, <laughs> and he was sort of like, uh, "They were like, have you ever?" Uh, uh, Alicia Rodriguez asked the question, have you ever had a tackle for uh, for an assist like that? And Greg's like, I, I don't think so. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things that just doesn't happen very often. But uh, again, you know, uh, a, a little bit of serendipity there for the LA Galaxy, a little bit of, you know, uh, of luck that goes their way. And when you've seen some of the goals they've given up, I would say that they've been unlucky sometimes, just the way that balls have deflected and stayed in the path of, you know, attacking players and sort of let, let packing players uh, run through them. So um, a lot of a lot of good performance. The more the more I sit with that performance, I, I think for me, Eric, the more I, the more I'm 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 in awe of it a little bit because I think yeah. the defense really played a lot better than even I, you give them credit for. Whenever you you step away from it for a little bit, yeah, I, I think that's that's the funny thing because you think well, being out possessed and having so many shots against, you think well, the defense obviously didn't have a good game because they were just being bombarded. But you flip the coin on that, the defense was being bombarded and they only allowed one goal and it was kind of a, you know, bad bounce at the wrong time. And I'm a, I, I go against the grain a little bit that of players being lucky or teams being lucky. I think Chicharito, you look at his career, you can call that luck, but there's something about knowing where to be and being uh, proactive and, and knowing, you know, being there and being in the moment when that ball bounces to you. You can't be expecting that ball, but there are players who would be shocked by it. But you, being ready to be in that moment, I don't think that's luck. That's preparation, a lot of preparation and talent that goes into doing stuff like that. So same thing with the bad bounce on the other side. You could say um, the, the Rossi, you know, knew what to do in that position. So so give them credit there. But I, I think when you look at how the defense was being bombarded and they didn't fold it, it is more impressive the more you look at it. It was very, uh, you know, had some friends, you know, obviously being the Portuguese hammer, uh, you know, it was Portugal-esque in their uh, Euro 2016 run where it wasn't pretty, but they sat back, they defended, and then they countered and made made the most of their opportunities. So, uh, you know, that that's to be applauded, and I respect that as a game plan. If that was the game plan, I know Vanny has said he would have liked to have possessed more. Yeah. Uh, but I think we saw how important Vasquez was also. I didn't mention that. With Vasquez being out, you saw the possession tilt because he wasn't there. You didn't have that that maestro in the middle controlling things. Yeah, we'll we'll give you an update on Victor Vasquez as well. I mean, the good news for LAFC is they did get that extra point for getting possession. Oh wait, no, there's no points for, <laughs> for getting possession. That's right. Just I was I was confused there for a second. Um I wanted to to touch and at least start here a little bit and only because um you know, there was there was the team of the week that got put out and Chicharito made the team of the week as he should have. Um and and that's fine. He he had a good game, but really he wasn't the best performer on the field that 
day. And then, you know, MLS closed their eyes and threw darts at a board or whatever they do to pick, you know, team of the week. And by the way, I should point out that um, while the North American soccer reporters have a hand in choosing the player of the week, we I, I don't know who picks the team of the week. It's nobody. I don't get a vote in team of the week. Well, and yeah, I think they, they need to have there's a minimum of cadence or cades that you need to have in yes, there. Yes. So that's part of it. So and I, then, yeah, I forgot about there's that. A whole, there's a whole algorithm. I think they've got the TikTok people involved. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they do. Um, but anyway, so uh, they, they made a mistake. Julian Rajo should have been there. Derek Williams certainly is a good shout. And the one guy who had a very good game where if you looked at the stats, he only made four saves uh, and two of those were in the same play. Um, but, uh, Jonathan Bond was, was outstanding. So, uh, I went and found, you know, how you just, you just, if you're on the internet, you can just find something until you like it, right? You just keep searching and searching. <laughs> well, uh, uh, fortunately for us, soccer by Ives, um, had a, a best 11 for week four. Um, and I think they got this one, at least in my opinion, a little bit closer to right. Uh, Javier Hernandez, uh, was up top one in this particular one. So he makes it same as that, same as that. Also, I would like to point out soccer by Ives goes four, four, two in order to get four defenders, yeah. four I midfielders. Respect that too. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that feels better than MLS trying to cram in all the offensive players into a, yeah. you know, a th- and a three-man back line. So uh, Julian Rajo makes it as the right back, and Jonathan Bond is on their team of the week in goal, uh, and Derek Williams was on the bench for this one. So um, I think Williams made the bench for the team of the week as well. Uh, but you know, there were a lot of good performances. Um, in fact, there were so many good performances. I went on Fot Mob, um, which if you haven't been on Fot Mob, they do good, I, I think, decent player rankings. Um, you know, Eric, you do a great job too. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like make well, make make you upset. I, I think soccer by Ives, Ives and then Fot Mob. I think those are two different schools. I think when you look at Ives's list, it's it's eyeballs, and when you look at Fot Mob, it's stats. Right. And so I I I try to kind of meet in the middle, and I think that's where I usually land is somewhere in the middle of those. Uh, and so when you look at the soccer by Ives list, you could say, okay, if you watch the games and you watch those players, okay, I can see why they're there. And then with Fot Mob, it's more. You know, when you look at the tackles, you look at the passing percentage, things like that. That that's where those play those numbers get generated. So that's the difference there. Uh, so depending on what you're looking for, they give you different different outcomes. But but I think the the true answer is in the middle, and that's what I like to do is kind of meet in the middle there. Oh, there you go. Way way to talk yourself into being <laughs> being the the authority on everything. Um, no, I think it was it's super interesting. The worst grade on the field is a 6.7 for Jorge Villafania, which may be a little underwhelming in terms of uh, most things. But by the way, most of the times you look at this and you find, you know, fives and threes and all sorts of stuff. So the fact that the lowest is a 6.7, and I would argue that Jonathan Dos Santos, if you take a full point away, because usually you can get about a point for scoring a goal, if you get mm-hmm. take a full point away, he only gets a 6.9, which I think is fairly accurate to his overall performance. Um, I think, hey, scoring the goal is great. That was what you needed them to do. I don't want to take away from that. But as a whole, he was actually pretty quiet in a game that needed him to be a, a little more, um, you know, loud about his presence. So um, I have no problems with that. But but the big thing that shows here, uh, Julian Araujo an 8.5. He was their man of the match uh, in terms of the performances. Javier Hernandez, 8.1. Uh, Derek Williams, 8.1 in that uh, ranking uh, as well. Jonathan Bond, a 7.0. This is where the stats get you, right? He only made four saves, so he's only a 7.0. Well, how mm-hmm. about all the how about the four or five cutouts that he, he got in the way of or the crosses that he stopped um, that went in there? He was uh, he was great. 
in terms of a whole bunch of things. So um, yeah, FopMob is a, is a great place. I see people in the chat room. Uh, it's an app you can get on your phone. You can also just type in FopMob, F-O-T-M-O-B.com. Um, and then Soccer by Evez, if you guys haven't fought, haven't, where have you been? Soccer by Evez was, was the yeah. original. I mean, an, an institution. Know, yeah. It, basically you went from big soccer to soccer by Ives. I mean, those were, that was, that was your flow of different things. Uh, the whole deal. Uh, it's funny cause, uh, Philip brings up, uh, MLS power rankings. Uh, and, <laughs> and it, you know, it's been a big, big discussion. Are we going to pick that? Let's, let's pick on that. Let, let's work on it. What yeah. do you think of the power rankings? They're, they're useless. MLS doesn't do them right. They're confused yeah. about what their job is. Power rankings are supposed to show a team's power in terms of in a short period of time, how powerful is this team? How are they able to exert force on the other teams, right? So um, you should, in your power rankings, Eric, have no problem with the last six weeks of the season taking a last place team that has been on a seven game winning streak and putting them up near the top of your power rankings. There's there's no argument about it. They're the ones Correct. you don't want to play them right now. That's where this comes. You don't want to play them right now. Um, you have got, you have teams with losing records who are like, Hey, don't worry. They're, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna get better. They're going to yeah. get better. Stop projecting, which is what I think we all, all said is MLS is doing projections, not power rankings. Um, yeah, that's, that's my biggest beef What the, what they're doing. They are, they are projections on where they think teams are going to land by the end of this. And based on their performances, they move them up or move them down uh, if they stay on that track. But I agree with you. I think ESPN has it right. They do it based on how they're performing right now, looking at the games that have actually played with the players who are actually on the field. You can't take it. If the players don't play, you can't say, well, when this player comes back or they don't have this player. So we factor that in. No, you have to go with the players who are on the field, who's playing the games, how do they perform, and then who's powerful right now. And you're right. If, if there's a team who, you know, if FC Cincinnati has has a banger of a week, then, then they, they climb up because they're doing well. You can't dismiss it because, you know, maybe they're going to do worse as the season goes on. But for that week, they're higher up in the power rankings. And if they've had weeks consecutively, then you keep bumping them up and, and adjusting accordingly. So I think MLS, what they're doing is projections. If they called it projections and said, this is, you know, we were where we projected, then that's fine. But calling them power rankings uh, is a bit of a, a, a misnomer. So I'm, I'm with you there. They're, they're projections, not power rankings. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's something to get real upset about, especially after the Seattle loss. It's like, man, we talked a lot of, uh, we, we talked our talk about the power rankings when we were disrespected. And then you, you go to Seattle and get spanked. And it's like, yeah. well, maybe the power rankings don't matter. Well, <laughs> but, I, I mean, but, but Seattle being at the top is probably right. That's the only one they got right, though. I mean, yeah. the, the other big problem is. Well, you can't argue with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other, the other one that they, the, the other problem they have is they have preseason power rankings, which is like they're going to put them in the order they think they're going to do. And then, once you start playing games, they're playing against those things the whole time. Whereas ESP, yeah, ESPN goes, everybody's zeros. And as soon as we see games played, we're going to rank them. Um, now, you know, I don't think the galaxy should be one, you know, I don't think I that that's, that that's yeah. a correct statement, you know? <laughs> and, I, yeah. And, and, and on ESPN there too, and maybe that's generous. It maybe is. that's a little bit too high. Uh, but, but at the same time, they've, they've only lost one game. It's been away and the, the hot team, they won a rivalry game. So you understand the, the perspective also. Yeah, it's it makes more sense, at least in that way. But I mean, you know, the other big thing with power rankings is if you have head to heads in power rankings, you really have to take a look at that and say, OK, what does that mean? And in this case, LAFC drops like three spots and the Galaxy climb one spot and they're still ranked above each other. It's like LAFC right now has a losing record. Um, you know what? They have one win, uh, one loss and two draws. Right. I mean, that's yeah. not a good record. Right. And you look at yeah. a, a team like the Galaxy who just beat them and you're still saying, oh, you know, they're below them. 
you know, and, and you can say that, oh, this is an argument because it's a rivalry. It's the whole thing. I, I, yes, there is a point, but at the same time, it's a rivalry game. It's a head to head game. Use head to head games to figure out where people land. Um, but they, you know, like I said, it's projections. Uh, eventually, as I think I, they said, eventually Carlos Vela is going to come back. Okay, well, you're projecting that. What if he never comes back? Yeah, exactly. Then what? <laughs> so anyway, it's yeah, it's it's like it's like preseason anything. Don't have those. Uh, John is USC starts at number 25, goes undefeated, finishes number four, and doesn't make the national championship game. There, yes, I I feel you, John. That's I feel it. You. Except for USC should always lose, so I don't care about that. Um, I was going to say Bo- Boise State would have been a better argument. Yeah, if they go undefeated, <laughs> it's not fair to them. And they, yeah, who, who is it? UCF. Those are the schools who get disrespected. Those are the schools that get disrespected for sure. All right. Um, uh, I, I sort of, I'm trying to ease into this. I understand what we're about to do is going to cause some people some headaches. And <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do my best, but you have to understand that today was one of the busiest days I've ever had in terms of just regular. I have a real job. I have to do real job. And then um, it's been busy at work. So that's one thing. And then, MLS Players Union decides to throw two years worth of salary details at me, and that that will make me melt down every time because this is one of my favorite things to do is look at salaries and and sort of I mean it's got a little bit of Christmas, but it's like yeah, it's like frantic Christmas. I was gonna say I'm a little I'm a little bit surprised this happens. We don't know when it's coming, but every year the salaries drop, and we're like, all right, it's the salary show, it's on, we're we're doing it, and you hit the ground running. So I thought I thought you for sure you'd be ready to make charts and. And, and be jumping up and down. But you're right. We, as was, someone who has a real job as well, it was a busy week for me as well. When you have one of those busy weeks and then it drops, it's like, oh, man. Uh, and then when it's two years, I totally understand what you're saying. You don't have time to make your charts. So no. I, I understand where you're at. But you'll, we'll get there. I mean, I have some charts. I'm not going to say I don't have charts. I mean, of course, <laughs> of course I have charts. Do. I have charts. Let's go to uh, 2020. Let's start with 2020. We did not think, Eric, we were going to get any information from um, the MLS players union ever on 2020, we thought it would just be a lost year. It would go away, you know, the whole deal. And it would just be one of those things. There would be little blips on the, you'd see my graphs and there would be this like missing blip somewhere and it would just be 2020. It would go away. So when they released it, it was really interesting. Um, there is, uh, there's, there's not a whole bunch we can take from the 2020, mostly because a lot of those players are gone, but I do want to go over some of these because it's stuff that we just need to verify or, or needed to understand. Um, but Christian Pavone, uh, making $1.5 million. So, you know, Chicharito came in with $6 million. I think everybody knew that it was right around 6 million, um, in that, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos at the 2 million mark sitting right at 2 million, still above the TAM threshold. Uh, the TAM threshold right now is 1.6125. Um, it's basically a million dollars more than the max budget, which is six hundred and twelve thousand five hundred. Um, just you're you're going to get a lot of that tonight. There's going to be a lot of asides with me telling you what the definitions or or what some of these things are um, going. So uh, when we look at this roster in 2020, last year's roster, uh, Chicharito's the highest paid player, six million dollars. Jonathan Dos Santos, two million. Christian Bavone at one point five million. Those were your designated players. The surprising thing was, and I'll explain this, is number four, the fourth highest paid player on the LA Galaxy in 2020. Uh, is technically speaking, Yoni Gonzalez. Uh, Yoni <laughs> Gonzalez, but that's it's yeah, also explain n- it. yeah, explain it's it. <laughs> also not true. It's also not yeah. true. He was not the highest paid player. Um, these are annualized uh, salaries. So this is if he played a year for the LA Galaxy, he would have been paid you know one point two seven million dollars basically. But he played like three games, and it was at the end of the season. And listen, he gets paid for all the games up as soon as he gets signed. He starts getting paid. So he got paid for a lot of games he didn't play in while he was 
waiting to to come over. But that being said, if he would have stayed, if his loan would have extended, that type of thing, um, then they were looking at paying him almost one point three million dollars, one point uh, you know two seven million dollars, which is a lot of money um, for a guy yeah. who we only saw for three games. I mean, you it's, know, and. And, and that's that's where I'll, what I'll say. I think there were some questions on you brought Yoni in at the end of the season last year, you know, or Yanni. Sorry, I, I've already forgotten how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, you bring him in at the end of the season, didn't get a lot of games. Uh, you know, why didn't they re-sign him, you know, and continue to build and see see where you went from there? And then when you look at the salary, obviously it was prorated, so the Galaxy didn't pay all of that. Uh, but when you think, okay, we're going to bring this player back, we saw some the type of production that he was going to bring and whether you want to blame coaching or, or team construction around it, the, the production wasn't worth a $1.3 million player. So I think the galaxy were right to, to let him walk and let her, let him continue to find work elsewhere. Yeah, that, that seems, that seems likely. The the other thing that's on this roster for 2020 is uh, Joran Shelvick still on the roster at this point at 1.15. Now the galaxy had to pay that. I don't think it actually hit their salary cap. We talked a whole bunch about that, uh, but Jorgen Shelvick was there making, uh, you know, $1.15 million as a guy who doesn't really play, pay, uh, play that much. <laughs> um, and that's it, incredible. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I, we, we talk about it so much and it's <laughs> overblown, but it's still incredible to see it on paper. Uh, Sebastian Legette was uh, I believe this was the first year of his TAM contract. So eight hundred ninety eight seven fifty. Um, so just shy of nine hundred thousand dollars for him. We talked about people. Gonzalez eight hundred twenty thousand, roughly eight hundred twenty thousand dollars for his guaranteed compensation. Uh, I've explained guaranteed compensation many times, but I'll explain it again. Um, there's a base salary, which is sort of, you know, how much you get paid. And then there's there's a base com- or then there's uh, guaranteed compensation. Gu- guaranteed compensation takes any bonuses in and then it annualizes them over the over the life of the contract. So if you had a hundred thousand dollar bonus and you had a uh, four year contract, they would add twenty five thousand dollars to each of those years as it goes along. So that way you would get that. So that's the guaranteed compensation number um, that we sort of talk about a whole bunch. Um, other than I was that, say, the, yeah, the, the payroll heads will 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 jump in. They'll say, yeah, that's like the the benefits when you when the uh, Companies looking at your salary. It's not just your salary. It's salary plus benefits. That's what I compare it to. It feels yeah. like the same type of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no healthcare costs on this, so I can't. Exactly. You know, I can't. <laughs> I can't just roll those into everything. But um, the LA Galaxy also have 32 players on this roster, and you're only allowed to have 30. Um, and I believe that uh, that uh, Shelvick is one, and I don't remember who the other one was that wasn't necessarily on the roster. Right. They still have to end up paying people, but they're not. Uh, they don't count against the salary cap. So 32 on this one. Um, I'm just looking down to see if there's any other ones you know perry kitchen 575 we've known about that though that wasn't a surprise because he played uh the year before uh sasha question came in for three hundred thousand dollars um so that's that was sort of a new one for everybody to to pay attention to uh julian araujo making just shy of one hundred thousand dollars this is all 2020 this is last year okay so anyway that's our that's our thing we get a total uh you know, base salary payroll of about $7.6 million. The guarantee compensation is a little over $18 million. Okay. So, uh, keep that in mind because we will talk about that as we get into some of these other things. Uh, MLSPA put out a whole bunch of charts and some different things as you looked at the 2021, um, you know, year, and they sort of, uh, called out from 2016 to 2021, the average growth, uh, in base salaries and they did it through roster spots one through 18. I think this is really cool. Um, just yeah. to sort of look at. So <laughs> the largest gain out of any of those is about 18%, 17.69% for the sixth roster spot. If you look at this, Eric, uh, it looks like, uh, MLS teams need a belt because they're a little thick in the middle now, right? That's where you've <laughs> seen. And, and wasn't that the argument? Well, what if some people, what's it, what if some people prefer it thick in the middle? Hey, you I, know, that's I'm, okay. I'm not here to shame. I'm just, I'm just saying that's fine. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I think it's a really important thing to say. We when when we have been watching MLS over the years, Eric, we have said over and over again that you know they need more quality in the center of that roster. And so what you're seeing is the salary growths in that you know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth roster spot growing at more than fifteen percent. I mean, even at the fourteenth roster spot, you're still at fifteen percent growth from 2016 mm. to 2021. So people are making a lot more money. And as you get down the roster, even you know eleven percent more uh, money in the eighteenth spot. The really interesting thing, though, for me is the designated player spots, right? One, two, and three. And what you're seeing is basically that number one spot has creeped up a little bit, but not a bunch. One percent for that first roster spot, right? So basically, the highest paid player on the team, that first roster spot, one percent increase in growth. Um, and then in the second roster spot, about half a percent, 0.42% of growth. But the really interesting thing, and we've seen this this year for sure, and last year and this year accounts for these slow growths here, is the third roster spot actually in the negative, right? That third DP spot in minus 3.5%. So the people in that spot are making less money than they were in 2016, um, uh, you know, in 2021 than they were, uh, you know, uh, uh, the years before that, however you want to say that. But there has been a steady growth in those, but you're seeing an actual regression in that third spot. And even the LA Galaxy... When you look at Kevin Cabral, yeah. sort of fit that 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 uh, that look. And my question, I don't know if you have the answer to it. If if a team doesn't have a third DP, does that still count as that third spot? Because that could account for it too. Because there are some teams out there who are not loading with all three DPs. So that third spot could be a non-DP player, and so that's why it, it's considerably lower. So, but for spots one and two, that does make sense when you look at world football and transfer fees. The designated players make like normal salaries when you compare them to, you know, world, world football. But when you look at those middle spots, that's where, you know, maybe it gets a little bit trickier with the salary cap where you're a little bit more restricted. So you're right. We can make fun of, of Tam all, all we want, but at the end of the day, those increase in those allocation funds are where, where you're able to strengthen that middle of the roster and why those middle of the roster salaries are increasing. And, and I think that's an important point to make because yes, you're having the, the D, three DPs is going to, you're going to bring in, you know, there's no limit that, or, you know, a, a, a potentially no limit there. Right. So you can, you know, break the bank on that. But, you know, strengthening the middle of your roster, that's where the league is going to improve when you're, you know, able to have better players, uh, you know, through your 11th slots that are non-DPs. And I think that's that's what they wanted to highlight. And that message came across in, the nar in their narrative. Yeah, um, I, I, th I think that that also made some sense. I threw this chart in here. I honestly didn't even look at it before I put it up here. So let me just uh, I'll read it as sort of as we as we go through. But uh, basically, the average base salary for senior roster non-designated players has more than doubled over the last five years. Uh, in 2016, the average uh, base salary senior roster non-designated player was just shy of $200,000, so $191,505. Uh, and in 2021, that number is now closer to $400,000. So that, that is significant um, whenever you try to put all, again, fattening the middle, making the rest, the, the rest of the roster, including some of the bench, Eric, right? Making the yeah. bench more competitive. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying is because I think an average salary when you look at, you know, especially if you're, you're looking in transfer market, you see what some of these players in South America are making, or, you know, if you look in Ligue 2, you know, the second division in France, you know, that salary, that's now competitive with those leagues and you're able to pull those players. You know, the transfer fee, it's going to be up to the club if they want to spend it, but you're now going to be able to compete with, you know, Central America, South America, some some of the other leagues, lower leagues in, in Europe, maybe not the, the big the big five, but, but some of them still, you know, championship level, you're going to be able to compete with an, that average salary is about right for, for the level that MLS kind of wants their, 
their uh, target range that they want to be around, they're, they're now competitive in that range for those roster spots. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, to 2021 now um, and just sort of looking at the roster and, and sort of how the LA Galaxy went about constructing this year. Uh, I will say this, that currently on the roster, it shows the LA Galaxy have um, have 28 spots filled. One of them is Eric Lopez, who we know is goalkeeper and is who is loaned down to G2. So technically not on this roster anymore. Um, and then also we know that as of right now, because I think there was an April 15th cutoff for, for this particular um, uh, batch, and we'll get another batch in the fall, or at least we're expecting another batch in the fall, where we'll have all the additions as well. So um, Kevin Cabral made that cut. Um, I will say that uh, Sega Kulabale and Augie Williams did not make that cut. So this salary that we're talking about now, and if we talk about any totals, is shy of um, you know Sega Kulabale, who I'm going to guess is around 300, 350, maybe even 400, 450, um, just because of all of the um, all this all, all of the international stuff and everything. I think there's an inflated price for that, Eric. So I'm going to say he's okay. in the 350 to 450 range. Maybe it might be higher and people will start I, to be freaking out, but I'm going to say 450 top right now. I, I would guess a little bit higher because when you look at the comparables that with Derek Williams, who they brought in, uh, defender Samuel Grancer from uh, the same league. I think Samuel Grancer making 850, Derek Williams making 750. Mm -hmm. I I think it might be a little bit higher. It might be closer to that 500, 500, 600 range. But I would say this, uh, Koulibaly also coming on on basically a free transfer. I know it's Mm $100,000. That's basically free. I'm not going to sit there and say that that it's, you know, a whole big, big thing. So I think that that we're going to sort of bring that all away all the time. Um, Herb, by the way, uh, gives us a $25 super chat and uh, Herb says, yeah, Herb's the man. Uh, Herb says, says, I've said it before, best galaxy content level professionalism is above the rest. Plus I'm getting my name on the show again. That's the real reason Herb does this is to get his, (laughs) you know, we're going to call this the, uh, the Herb Memorial uh, chat room, (laughs) even though you're not dead. I was going to say Memorial. Memorial's rough. Uh, But, but yeah, shout out to you, Herb. You know, there's no shame in that you know, dropping the cash, splashing it around and get your name heard. Yeah. That, that's the whole point of the super chat Absolutely. And to get, to get out there. So appreciate the kind words. Appreciate the super chat every week helps, helps for the green, green screen budget to eventually get my ears back. Yeah. I was going to say we, we tried doing some of that today. We, we realized there was a little work. problem with that. We're, we'll keep working on it. We'll keep working it, on it. So we're getting there. We're getting close. Thanks, sir. We appreciate it. Um, let's see. And by the way, Mike Gray uh, points out that if, uh, if Kevin calls Sega Atari one more time, I, it's a bad joke. I understand. I understand. I would just, hey, for, for all of you, I don't even think that they they put it on there. So you guys all missed this. But, you know, Kevin sometimes leaves his hand raised during media calls. Um, and so today I got him. I got him good on the media call. So um, I'll just I'll share that on Monday because I'm sure he'll want to bring that up. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to the rosters, back to everything it is. And if, <laughs> by the way, if you have a super chat, if you would like to uh, to to donate some money to the show, you can do that. You can also ask us a question. You can give us a statement that you want to read, whatever you want. That's how the super chat works. Uh, and of course, we, we appreciate it. all that money goes. Um, well, YouTube gets some of it. Duh. But um, as, all the money that comes to us goes to back into the show to, to buy different equipment and keep uh, keep things running. So we appreciate that. Um, if we go back to the to this roster now, Eric, um, Javier Hernandez at six million dollars. So there was no escalator on that. It's the same six million dollars. We know there are bonuses in there for him that can make him the highest paid player in Major League Soccer. Currently highest paid player in Major League Soccer, at least according to the guaranteed compensation. Carlos Vela, six point three million dollars. Chicharito is number two. Um, as we go down, Jonathan Dos Santos stays at $2 million. We talked about any escalators or things that sort of change with it. There have been no escalators that we can see from last year, so $2 million flat across. Let's get to somebody we didn't know who their salary was, although I'm pretty sure we told you it was a 
about $1.5 million. Kevin Cabral, $1.44 million in guaranteed compensation. So he hasn't played a game yet. He's going to get $1.4 million this year. Um, and uh, we get to see how that plays out. We talked about, uh, oh, I, I should mention, because everybody's talking about this, Eric. And I don't know if this is true. I've been sort of asking around and, and looking at it. But at $1.4 million, Kevin Cabral is technically under the TAM ceiling, right? That targeted uh, allocation like, money ceiling, right? Like where we're going with this. So, well, I, I know everybody wants to go that way. <laughs> what the, the idea here and what Eric is hinting at is that you could buy down Kevin Cabral with targeted allocation money and open up a designated player spot if you wanted to. Here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure we know a transfer fee of about $6 million. I'm pretty sure that takes it out of the tamable region right now. So his guaranteed compensation may be $1.44 million. But from, from my understanding, the, the transfer fee still hits that that TAM that or would hit that TAM category. And it's one of the reasons he has to be a young designated player. Um, you know, people. But yeah, go ahead. I was going to say counterpoint with, with 28 of the 30 roster spots filled and you look at a lot of those homegrown players, you know, kind of under $100,000 salaries. If there is the TAM to do it, it looks like they might be able to do it. And then with that DP slot, then you can open up and spend a little more. So it's not that crazy, you know, with the, with the transfer fee and you think, okay, maybe it's not going to happen. But if you look at the other salaries, uh, yes, you know, Javier Hernandez is one of, one of the highest play, paid players in the league, but at, but you look at the other salaries and it kind of averages out. So that's where you make up the difference. So uh, it's it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. And then just going back to Cabral and what he's making, you know, look at who's – we hate – you don't like to compare, but at the same time he's coming in essentially filling the Christian Pavone spot and he's making roughly a little bit more in the salary range. So uh, if you liked what Christian Pavone brought – then you're looking, they're paying him the salary of someone to produce at that same level. And so that's, that's the way I look at that with his salary. Um, you drop below that designated play. And, and uh, I'll, I'll say this as well. This is where it gets technical on stuff is, uh, you know, people ask about the young designated player and how that sort of works. And that if you brought him down to Tam, that wouldn't you get rid of the U 22 spots that supposedly the LA galaxy can fill. Um, no, because having an open designated player spot is the same as having a young designated player spot in there. You can still have three U22s if there's an open spot. Now, if you went and put a senior designated player in there, then yes, it would limit you to one under 22 signing. Here's the other thing about those under 22 signings, though. Uh, the LA Galaxy sit at, I believe, 29 people on the roster. Um, and so they can basically add one more player. We're sort of expecting one more player. It may be 28, 27. I, I was looking at a bunch of different rosters today, so I'm not going to get you 100%. But there's no international slots right now open. Um, and so if they do bring in another international, as we are expecting them to do, they have to do something to happen. Either somebody has to get a green card, which is allowed this season, but next year you have to have the green card at the beginning of the season. Otherwise, it doesn't count all the way through. So either somebody gets a green card, and it's not going to be Jonathan Dos Santos, so stop asking. That, that, <laughs> that ship has sailed, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but if you if you do that do that and open it up, um, you know, then you're sort of running out of spots. So does the U22 really matter right now? It doesn't play into this roster the way it is right now, Eric. Um, and yeah. so, but yeah, counterpoint again, mm -hmm. you, you look at some of those homegrown players, those Academy players who came up, those are players that could easily be loaned down to G2. Uh, and that opens up those spots where you're right, where it runs into the problem is the international slot. If you're going to bring in someone, uh, you know, who's going to be a, make a meaningful contribution. It's probably going to be outside, uh, you know, of the domestic league. Um, so you, you'll need to open up a spot and find other means to do so. But I think with the homegrown players and the academy players that have been called up, I think it's pretty easy 
uh, easy justification to to drop them down or loan them down to G2 to open up the spots. Uh, as we continue down the roster, uh, Samuel Gr- uh, Samuel Grandsio, um, about nine thirty eight, as you've uh, you've talked about, Eric. So um, a, a pricey pricey uh, player there. I, you know, I know some people are ready to pull the ejection handle on him, and I'm just like <laughs> everybody, just chill out. Uh, Greg well, Van, Greg Vanny talked about it as well. He's like, he's just not match fit yet. I mean, the guy hadn't played in a year. You can see him starting to get back. He's rusty. That's what he's. That's what you see from him. And so I, I think if everybody just has some patience, we've seen some good flashes. There's positives there. And Greg even talked about it in today's media call, saying, you know, basically that, um, you know, you could see the amount of running that he's eventually going to be capable of doing. And whenever that happens, uh, he was comparing him basically to to Ethan Zubak with, with whenever they were talking about Chicharito. And he goes, when you can have guys who do that running, Kevin Cabral. Uh, you know, Sam Grancio, oh. when you have that, you're able to um, do the things that Ethan Zubak is currently providing to the team without having it be in a 4-4-2 formation. All right. Are you ready? Do you have the sound effect ready? Counterpoint for the third time in a row. Hit the hat trick. Uh, <laughs> even though, you know, you're right. We shouldn't pull the eject cord on Grand Sir just yet. It's okay to be critical of him and to call him out and say the performances haven't been there. Yes. Yes, there's been flashes. Yes, you can see where it could be, you know, you could do your MLS power rankings, your projections on where he might be a contributor. But right now it's just not, he, he's he's not there. And so it's okay to say he's not playing well right now, not living up to that part of the bargain. And I think about what we talked about in the off season and all the moves that the Galaxy made. And you, we talked about there's a percentage. How many of these are you going to hit on? You, you and can't I think, hit on all of them, right? Exactly. If you yeah. hit on Williams, you hit on Bond, you hit on, uh, you know, let's see if, let's call, let's say we don't know about Cabral yet, so that's an unknown. Um, but if, if you hit on all these players and maybe you miss on Grantzer, maybe it comes out in the wash. And you're not, maybe you're not going to hit on all of them. Maybe you didn't hit on this one. But overall, you know, you had a good offseason and you brought a lot of good players in. And if he doesn't pan out, uh, you know, you look at overall, well, you're not going to hit on every single one. You hope that they do, but it looks like, you know, as of right now, it hasn't hit. Those dividends haven't paid out and it's okay to call them out. But, but I do see, uh, you know, the first half, he, he didn't have a great first half, but in the second half you say, okay, there are signs of life here. I can see where there, there can be a positive for grand sir, but it's just not there yet. And it's okay to say it's not there yet. And, to to be critical of his performance because especially now that the salaries are out, the expectation does rise. And I, I'm a believer in that, that, you know, when there's a salary and you're, you're wasting a roster spot and an international slot and you're paying a high salary that's taking up in the salary cap, you know, you, there needs to be a delivery there in order to justify the, the, the play that comes out on the field. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, this, this roster is, is a, is a full one. Uh, there's not a lot of money on this that you sort of sit there and say, okay, they're, they're absolutely wasting their money. There is one spot for sure that you can find that the sixth highest paid player on this team is Giancarlo Gonzalez, um, at $919,583. Um, and for a guy who is what fourth best, uh, in, in terms of, uh, the, the bench depth now, maybe fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I think you and you and the panda were mentioning it. Yeah, he hasn't been even in the 18, so he's not even get being called to participate. And I don't know if that's due to injury or if it's just flat out he's just not. Vanny doesn't believe he's he's worth putting on on the 18. So that that is concerning, you know. And so that's you're right. There maybe we should be looking to shop him around or, or you know give the the Gio dos Santos treatment where you pay him say thank you for your time and we just need to get rid of you and, and have something else happen. Uh, I see Madame Serrano in the chat saying giving him the the Joel Pedro send him back home. 
<laughs> and you know that actually that worked out for Joao, so it, it might work out for people as well. You, you you never know; it absolutely could. Um, let's talk about a guy who's absolutely worth uh, every single penny. In fact, a couple guys who are worth every single penny so far through four games. We should we should say, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Bond five hundred thousand uh, dollars with his guaranteed compensation base salary of four hundred and fifty worth every single penny so far right now. And I have stats that are coming up that will show you how much the LA Galaxy spent on goalkeeping compared to other people. And you're going to be just fine with that $500,000 whenever it all, all comes out. So there's there. Uh, Via Fania, 486. I, I think we knew he had a steep uh, price tag in terms of, you know, an MLS player steep price tag, right? Um, but at 486, and if he's a regular starter, I don't think that's yeah. a problem. Uh, that, that's where you land on the end of the day. A regular starter for that price, consistent. You know what you're getting. I think that's that's another one worth every penny. Uh, 439, $440,000 $440, for Victor Vasquez. Okay. So far, I'm I'm like okay, you know I think we were hoping that that number was probably in the 300 range, um, you know. But for uh, I also didn't expect uh, Victor Vasquez to be sort of the influencer that he's going to be. And I think with them getting the roster uh, more full, and let's talk about this just for a second before as we as we segue away, um, with the roster being more full, with more people showing up, with Kevin Cabral, with Sega Kulbale coming in, um, you know, with Grant Sierra playing, uh, with people getting healthy, um, with Vasquez, you know, getting back and getting healthy, that there is a, a, a plethora of players for positions here, Eric. We know that. Um, and so I think we have to stop and say that this is going to give Vanny a chance to do something with Victor Vasquez that he hasn't had the chance to do so far, which is put him in situations where you want him to play and, and maybe give him a different look. Vanny was talking a lot about that today in terms of how each player sort of gives them a different look and they're all providing different things and that means he can set the team up in different ways um, and he's going to have that flexibility to do that and so um, that's really important so Victor Vasquez for me on that money uh, so far not a problem Dan Steris at about 400000 that's fine with me. No problems. I know there are lots of people who just fell over clutching their chest. They, you, and no, you're, you're fine. Sasha Kleshin at, at about 250. Yeah, just going back say? to the stairs, same thing with Villafania. MLS veteran, you know what you're getting. Uh, you know, I think with stairs, that's, 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 uh, that's fine. I'm fine with that price. Yeah. Um, Sasha Kleshin, 250. Um, 250 and a guy, I, I imagine I, if I remember correctly here, let's just go back and look. Um, cause I haven't got to do the comparisons between, uh, between the two yet. That was one of the things I ran out of time for. And so 307. So basically took a pay cut to come back uh, again this year. And who knows, maybe it declined in his contract that way. But, um, however that looks, uh, Sasha question, uh, you know, a little bit less money than he was making last year, which is, uh, always an interesting sort of look. O'Neill Fisher at 150. Yes, please. Jonathan Perez, 150. So some of the young guys, Julian Araujo around 150. 146, uh, Danilo Acosta, 135, Ethan Zubak, 133, Cameron Dunbar, 116, Efrain Alvarez, 114, for Kranis, uh, 103, Neil, 103, and then you get into the the senior sort of roster spots, or at least the the some of the league minimums and different things. Um, Adam Saldana, 87,000. That's a deal right now. For as many games as he started, you're already getting your money's worth out of uh, a young Adam Saldana. Mm -hmm. uh, Kai Kareniak at, uh, at 85,000. Bomb Stieg at 85,000. De, uh, Depew at 81,000, uh, Harvey at 81,000 and Klinsman at 81,000. So, uh, that's your, your 2020 roster as it pans out. Um, Ben in the chat says, uh, biggest surprise for me, uh, with the salaries is how the goalkeepers stack up bond making big money, Klinsman less than Von Stieg. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a whole bunch of different, 
Um, there's a whole backstory with with Klinsman coming in and sort of wanting to stay with the team and, and doing a whole bunch of things. You know, I, I think uh, perhaps there were some issues, and, and this is all hearsay, but um, I'll, I'll repeat it uh, on a show that talks about rumors all the time, that uh, <laughs> that Jonathan Klinsman, uh, that being related to Jurgen Klinsman, um, had helped him get into the door in some places, I think in Germany, um, but also that that caused some problems uh, in that as well. And so uh, the Galaxy probably doing doing him a solid in terms of giving him a place to land, giving him a place to play. Um, and I think it's good for the LA Galaxy to have him as a backup. That doesn't bother me um, as the number yeah. two. And and I think to, to Ben's point, it makes it kind of laughable when Bond was brought in. We're like, well, is he going to be the number one? Klingsman kind of showed a little bit of promise. Maybe he can fight for that number one spot. But when you look at the salaries and seeing, and you see Bond's play, he's clearly the number one and, and he's worth you know, the, every penny in that slot with Klinsman, you know, I think there's a little bit of a hometown discount as well. We know Jurgen Klinsman, you know, in the latter stages in his career, you know, lived in Southern California and this region. So that's where, uh, you know, Jonathan Klinsman kind of is, is familiar with the area. So there's a little bit of a hometown discount in order to stay in the area, maybe stay close to family. He's willing to take a little bit less of a salary. Uh, and someone like Vam Stieg, who's been with the team longer, naturally his salary is going to increase. You saw it with, with Zubak, with Dunbar, with Perez. If they've been with the team a couple of years, their salaries naturally increase. Uh, and it goes back to the same thing with Sasha, with question. You know, he's a local boy, you know, wants to settle roots in the area. So, you know, taking a little bit less, but, you know, getting to to lay down roots in Southern California, it's, it's not a bad thing. You understand why they maybe take a little bit less, uh, you know, to live in Los Angeles and especially if they're from the area and want to be close to family. Uh, let's, uh, have, have you been able to pay attention to any of the, uh, the things that people were saying about all the, the, like the max spenders, the highest spenders in the league or anything like that? Can I ask you to guess and, and can we, can we play that game, Eric, or do you know some of these answers? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I do, I, I'm known to scroll through Twitter on, on some downtime, uh, but like, like you at, with a normal job, uh, I wasn't able to dive deep, so okay. I don't know who the top spenders are going to be. Toronto's always at the top. Toronto, uh, I, but, Toronto's so number two. I wonder two. if they're still there. Toronto's uh, number two. Who's number one? Who else, who else spends a lot of money? Seattle, the Seattle, Seattle nope. with how they performed. Mm-mm. They're not at the top of the list. Nope. Uh, who else spends big? I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna, who, I'm is it say, a surprise? Is it someone who's not doing well? It's a new team. It's a new team. It's not, is Austin? Austin wouldn't it's, be up no, there. No, it's not Austin. Not, the Galaxy have already teams. played them. Is it the Red Bulls? No, no they're not new. They're not new. Miami. Oh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Miami spends a lot of ridiculous money. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. All right. Let's go to the uh, the total spenders here. Uh, I did positional spending as I often do. I put this out. Let me here. Hold on. I, before we even get down, let me caveat some of this stuff because I want you to understand that there's I don't even know how many players in Major League Soccer and we get a list for all of them. And usually I have to take them and try to export that into a spreadsheet. And then I have to go in and I have to decide who's a forward, who's a midfielder, who's a defender and who's a goalkeeper and they list their positions but some guys play multiple positions so they go m.f for midfield slash forward and some of them are f.m for forward slash midfielder so all i did in this is i did it very stupidly and very quickly which was whatever letter was listed first was what position you got nailed down as okay that means it could be totally wrong that means that a guy who plays forward all the time is listed as a midfielder because they listed the m first i understand that I take responsibility for my charts and I say that they are not 100% accurate because I don't have time to look through 75 guys and figure out which of those guys, where they play, right? And it's like, I can do it for the galaxy real easily 
because I know those guys. But trying every single team for fringe players, it's like, you know, Kai Kareniak is listed as a forward and a midfielder. Well, gee, I think we're going to list him as a midfielder. But his forward was listed first, like he was a forward slash midfielder. No. So I I just like before we get into that, just know that that's why my charts may not... um, you know, do, uh, may not match up with other people's charts. Um, and, and this is a quick, dirty thing that only took me about three or four hours to do. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, um, just three hours Yeah, and you still made a chart. So I'm sure that fill that filled your cup just plenty. It was, it was just fine. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So whenever we look at, uh, total spending, um, for, you know, right now we have inner Miami up in that top spot, Toronto, the LA galaxy. Um, you then go into Atlanta United FC, Cincinnati, the LAFC is at the sixth spot, the seventh spot is Chicago, Columbus, Sporting Kansas City. So down at the bottom is the Vancouver Whitecaps and Austin FC. Um, expect those to change. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been added in, a lot of things that sort of change some some different ways. So again, just sort of be be ready for all of the uh, the changes that come in here. And again, I'm not going to say that I have a perfect uh, a perfect chart on any of this because uh, I certainly don't. So um, whenever we go by positional spending, uh, LAFC spends more money than anybody else on uh, positional spending. Um, that that uh, it, it goes LAFC then the Galaxy. G. Uh, Carlos Vela is the highest paid player in Major League Soccer by $6.3 million and the Galaxy have the second highest paid with Chicharito and $6 million and they're one and two and forwards and then FC Cincinnati ouch $6.7 million and not a lot to show for it so far uh, so how have we got uh, that hurts. It, it, it's also, again, just by the the classifications and the different things that we look at in these in these things, um, it, you know, they can be skewed really far because maybe a whole bunch of that maybe, you know, RSL plays with seven midfielders. And so they have a lot more midfielders than they do forwards and, and sort of how you how you look at that. Um, Real Salt Lake is at the bottom five hundred and thirty four thousand dollars right now um, and lost LAFC, you know, nine million dollars in terms of uh, their their positional spending. So um, just just keep all that in, in mind. Let's Let's go to midfield. Um, one where I think you would say the LA Galaxy should be closer to the top, um, and they're not. Uh, Toronto has one of the most expensive midfielders. I'm showing about $8.8 million. New England at 7.3. Real Salt Lake at 7.2. Remember, didn't we just talk about like Real Salt Lake being down at the yeah. bottom of forwards <laughs> and then they have a bunch of midfielders again? So, you know, it sort of balances out in some of these cases. Uh, Columbus at 7.2. Eric, you have to go all the way down to 15 to get to. Um, the midfielders for the LA Galaxy. So the LA Galaxy is spending about $5 million, very much sort of in the middle of everybody. Whenever you look at Houston down at about 1.6, Toronto at 8.8, and you know the Galaxy in this large bunch around $5 million. Um, so at 15, that's where the LA Galaxy sit in terms of spending on midfielders. Does so that surprise you at yeah. all? I, I look at it as a positive. It is surprising, uh, especially when you consider how they play, uh, you know, depending on where you list Zubac and Dunbar and Chicharito being the lone forward, you, re- you really have a congested midfield. There's a lot of players who occupy midfield slots. So the fact that they're not near the top uh, and they're still able to get decent project- production so far, I think it's a good thing. This means the players that they've brought in, they're able to bring value at a lower price. So I think it's a positive. So it is surprising that they're lower on the list, but I don't think that's a bad thing. And when you look at the offseason where they needed to improve was the defense and the offense. And so if they're spending more money there, uh, you know, they had midfield pieces. It's just maybe adding one or two small tweaks here and there. Uh, it, it's I'm okay with them landing towards the middle. Um, are you nervous about whenever I bring up the defense? Because we've seen the LA Galaxy have one of the most expensive defenses in the last three years um, and got relatively little for that. So if you were going to guess, are the Galaxy in the top five of spending on defense? 
looking at yeah with people i would i would guess they'd probably be in the top five okay are you, you're sure they're in the top 10 though for sure for sure on the top 10 okay yes okay. i feel like you're tricking me they're number one are they number one <laughs> no they're not number they're one. number one aren't no they? no they're not number one at least not according <laughs> to my charts and by the way they said that i spelled houston wrong i don't think anybody cares and the three houston dynamo fans who are really upset about that <laughs> can write me in some way well if, uh, if you were from new york it'd be houston so there yeah, you go there you go so who cares it doesn't matter um and yes i did on every single chart because they're just copies of each other and i just moved things over um top spenders on defense right now atlanta united who just got alan franco by the way um so you know hey you you too could have alan and Franco, as long as you want to put down the cash um, and spend a lot for that. So about $4.3 million. Sporting Kansas City at number two, about four, almost $4.1 million. Enter Miami, again, uh, one of the higher spenders. LA Galaxy, number eight. So in the top 10, but outside the top five um, in, in terms of... I'm okay with that. Well, I, I would also like to warn everybody, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> if, if you bring Sega and you put Sega onto this, this, let's say, Eric, let's say you put them in at, you know, what? Uh, 500. Five, let's put them in at 500, right? And just, okay. just, just makes my math easier, right? Then yeah. you're looking, putting them at 3.8. 3. And then that 3.8 moves up into the number third defense. Okay. Yeah, which so, is top five, like I projected. So I'm like right you're, again. You're right again, always. Um, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So keep an eye on that as well. And again, the midfield, we talked about the midfield and the LA Galaxy, you know, being down sort of in that 15th range. Well, okay. Now put somebody who you're, gu- I'm guessing is going to be a million dollar TAM player in there. So now you're spending six. Uh, you know, six, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, 6.1 or so. So 6.1 takes you into, you know, the eighth spot instead of the 15th spot, right? And maybe he's making more. Maybe he's making 1.4, 1.5, that type of thing. You could you could ratchet up that midfield pretty easily. So the LA Galaxy are getting the benefit of the doubt on some of this stuff whenever it comes to, uh, to, to the different things um, that could go out there. So it absolutely should be uh, one of those things that in the fall we'll be able to revisit this and sort of say where it goes. Uh, we talked about the goalkeeping as well. The LA Galaxy... Not in, not near the top in goalkeeping. Um, spending about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on goalkeepers puts the LA Galaxy at number eleven. New York Red Bulls up top at one point two million dollars. Columbus at a little over one million dollars. Atlanta United a little over one million dollars. Uh, LAFC just shy of a million dollars at nine hundred ninety-two thousand. Um, and so the LA Galaxy uh, at eleventh there at seven hundred fifty. That's a that's a deal for everything that's going on right now with all the four goalkeepers of the LA Galaxy. Uh, Kerry and Eric Lopez is on this list because. Yeah. I told you that they didn't take them off. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look at those those backup goalkeepers and it's essentially league minimum. So, you know, you're really just paying for your starter and uh, the chat's catching up. Uh, and Ben, again, counterpoint is my word of the day. Uh, ben, who gave us a super chat earlier, made a great point too. If you remove Gonzalez, then that drops uh, the Galaxy to the 20s. Counterpoint. So it, it's, all, it's, all a, it's all a balance. It's all a juggle. There we go. Okay, that's I, that's the counterpoint sound now instead of just the annoying radio call um, that it is. So um, that's where we sit. At least that's my real rough analysis. I'm not going to say it's perfect. It's never going to be perfect. I can't make it perfect. I don't have that kind of time. Um, I'm sure somebody who's paid to watch this league all the time who understands that Julian Araujo is a starting right back and only didn't play starting right back because the LA Galaxy didn't have a right winger last year. I'm sure, somebody like that could figure out the you know all the different machinations and uh, and positions for everybody uh, wherever it goes. Uh, by the way, the chat pointing out Joe asking where my Dr. Pepper is. Um, yeah, it was one of those days where I was so busy that I don't have a drink for I'm I'm basically flying without a wire tonight. I would just like to point that out. So um, so nothing, nothing to drink for me. And if I lose my voice, that's it. It'll be over. The, the podcast will end. It'll just be quiet. It'll fade to black. Yeah. And Joe also asking where my Starbucks is. I went I went iced coffee from home. 
this mind. time around. So, so right. no no Starbucks today. Right. We're on a budget. Got to mind the budget. When the salaries salaries come out, we're on a budget. We gotta we gotta do the coffee from home. It's it's gonna be a gonna be a good time. Um, all right, let's get to. I'm trying to see what else I have. I I have a whole bunch of other stuff. So, um, I just want to make sure I, co- I covered all the the rest of the things in there. Um, let's go to the media call a little bit today and just talk about what we learned. Um, one is that Derek Williams loves Los Angeles. Eric, uh, he says that he loves the city. He loves the people. Uh, he said that his that his uh, that his wife um, and their daughter really enjoy it too. That they go to walks and they can go down to the you know down to the beach and down to the water and it's just amazing. And from you can tell that that's just so big for him that that, that you know mom and daughter are happy and that he's able to do this. And then they asked him about MLS and he goes, you know what? He goes, he goes, you know, people over in Europe give this league a bad rap. And he goes, this 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 league is a lot better. Yeah, well, I'm like, duh, we've been saying it. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> Um, and, and other players who have come to this league have said the same thing. You know, you've had players who come here and they say, you know, I don't know why, you know, I think it's just that American bias players come here and they say, oh, they, they don't know how to play. It, it's different. But when the players come here, they realize it's not so bad, especially when you think about, you know, the championship, you know, second division France. I don't imagine it being that different, especially when you look at, at you know, some of the DPs that, that other players bring in, especially for a defender. It, it's not a walk in the park. Uh, you know, it's not like walking to the beach for Derek Williams when he steps out on that pitch uh, in MLS play. So so I'm glad that he says stuff like this because that's important to get that narrative out. My, my good buddy John Rojas uh, also asked him a great question, sort of said, you know, um, a lot of South American players see this, but do you see it when you're coming, which is, you know, um, do you see the different tactics? Like, you know, a lot of times in the English Premier League, the tactics are are fairly the same, uh, you know, across the league. There's not a huge variation. Yeah, some people play differently, that type of thing. But one of the things about Major League Soccer is that there is a large variation in tactics. I mean, look at how the New York Red Bulls play. Look at how San Jose plays, right? Look at how Seattle plays. That Everybody plays these very distinct, different sort of styles. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of copying that, you know, there's almost 30 teams in the league. Not everybody can play their own style. There's a limited number of styles, but, uh, Derek said, oh my God, he goes, yes, um, absolutely. He can see that he can see the different styles, the different tactics, um, and that it's just such a diverse league in terms of, you know, you, you, every team plays differently. You really have to pay attention. Um, the other thing was, uh, and a question I asked him was about Greg Vanny. It's like, you know, have you, did you know about Greg before you came and, and what are your thoughts now that you've gotten to work for him a little bit? And he lit up a little bit, which is always fun whenever a player's like, like, oh, I can answer this question. I'll do He goes, yeah, he goes, whenever I used to follow Major League Soccer, because, you know, Derek Williams follows Major League Soccer whenever he plays in the championship. Uh, hit he, the sound, hit the sound. Oh, the, <laughs> there we go. Um, Derek Williams follows follows it uh, in the championship. He said, yeah, I used to see his teams all the time, you know, with Toronto always being near the top. He goes, and they were such a good team. He goes, so I knew of him. He goes, and I sort of knew how he liked to play. And he goes, and then I started talking to him. He goes, he learns so much. Derek Williams says he's a sponge whenever he's around Greg Vanny because he goes, he, he's nice. always just like giving you a little bit of advice. He goes, maybe you're in the trainer's room and you're sitting on the table and he comes in and he talks to you for two minutes and he goes, that happened to me. And he goes, I learned, I, I, I sat there and said, Oh, of course. Like he, he gave him some epiphany in two minutes on the trainer's room. That's a coach. That's a coach. Just walking yeah. around. Just say, well, hey, yeah. Well, beyond being a coach. And this is my favorite insight that we took when we got to interview Greg Fanny is he comes from a family of teachers and coming from a family of teachers myself, there's always a teachable moment, whether you're taking out the garbage or, or replacing the coffee filter, there's always, there's always something, a teachable moment, so, uh, an opportunity to, to give, give some advice. And so I think, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, speak from my own bias here. I think that's, that's something, if you grow up with that, 
you have that instinct to to dish it out the same way. And I think that's that's what we what's what you're seeing. And Derek Williams kind of confirms that as well. Uh, just, just fun here. And uh, plus I love Derek Williams accent. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's got the little Irish accent and, you know, reminds me a little bit of Robbie Keane and sort of throws that all back and, and ties it in. But, um, yeah, Derek's happy. Uh, and he was, you know, he sort of said, you know, I got kicked in the ankle, like in the first two minutes against Seattle and he goes, and so that didn't make me feel good. And then I had to come out in the half. He goes, and so that wasn't, you know, that I didn't want that to happen. He goes now in this game against LAFC, he goes, I start to. I can sort of start to to feel myself being my normal self. And and Greg Vanny talked about it in the media hall today too, said, you know, he came in with having a quad surgery and we had to get him mm-hmm. back in shape. And he had a setback at the very beginning that was sort of like, he's not in shape. He's not ready. We need to make sure that we, you know, progress this the right way and not rush him. And they did that. Um, and now you're seeing what Derek Williams can do. Um, somebody asked him, you know, you, you do, I think maybe Gio Garcia, but Gio asked, you know, you, you did a lot of slide tackling in this game. Is that sort of, you know, one of your attributes? And he's like, yeah, he goes, I love, I love the confrontation. I love, I love that. That's, yeah. That's what made me feel things when I watched them play. I know it's, it's the way too soon, you mm-hmm. know, it goes against the hammer motto of don't peak too soon, but just watching them play, you got that yellow Van Damme vibe that, you know, just kind of a big bruiser is going to go in there. He's going to slide tackle. He's going to fight. I it just, I, I really, I really loved his performance in this match. And if, if that's the player we're getting every game, then it, it's really exciting. It's fun. Uh, you have two aggressive players on that back line and then you have two sort of smart players. Um, I would put Steras and Viafania sort of in the, I'm going to be more cagey, more smart with my positioning, that type of thing. Uh, and then you have Julian Arahu who really just wants to smash you at every chance you get, which <laughs> is why he picks up a lot of yellow cards. Um, but especially against LAFC. Yeah. The, the big joke there was that, uh, and Chris Glidden, who's on the PR team of the LA galaxy, um, can have fun with some of the younger players whenever they're messing around on the press conference. And he said, you know, Julian Ra has to go now. He has to go get a haircut. And, uh, you know, cause I'm sure Julian wasn't, and his new hairstyle will be deb- debuted against uh, Austin. I don't think I wouldn't expect it to be crazy. Uh, Julian was laughing. It was sort of a nice joke, but, uh, if you go and nice. see, that's the, that's the joke there. So, I mean, a lot of good stuff on, uh, from Derek Williams, just, he's he's happy to be here and he loves the vibe that's going on with this LA Galaxy team. Everybody is repeating this, you know, I think it's like uh fight like brothers or 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 like brothers is sort of play their, like brothers. Yeah, play, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, play like brothers. Um it seems to be this motto and they're all repeating it and you could say that's some brainwash stuff, right? But it's also motivational tools. They believe it at this point. It's it's, it's speaking it into existence. If you keep saying it and you keep you, you know, living the mantra, you know, you keep repeating these things. There's a reason why people have daily affirmations and say things out loud because you, you speak these things into existence. And you kind of mentioned it on the Monday show as well. And I reposted it on Instagram, the bike ride, such a little kind of thing where you maybe throw that away, but that those little things are important. The good vibes, the good feelings, riding the bicycle, everyone getting along, you know, even, you know, PR department making jokes about haircuts when everything's feeling good, right. You know, you know, better things happen on the field also. Uh, yeah, the Jonathan bond with his little basket, the Bondi basket, uh, on his bike. That's, that's great. If you haven't seen that video. He's always ready to save something. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) A kitten, you know, um, a turtle maybe that crosses the road. He'll save it. No problem. Put it in his basket right along. If you haven't seen that video, you should try to find it. I'm sure somebody captured it somewhere. Uh, I think, uh, actually shout out to Mike. I think Mike Gray did a little write up on on his website on that, that topic as well. So shout out to Mike Gray. Yeah. He's in the chat lurking. Yeah, he is. He's always lurking, which is good. We, We love Mike. Um, so that was one of the things, uh, the big thing, Hey, look at the media doing their job today. 
injury status, Cabral status, Koulibaly status. Oh my goodness, it's almost like there's a whole bunch of professionals doing this. Not against, not whenever they're playing LAFC, by the way. Can't talk about that stuff whenever it's LAFC. But against Austin, we can figure once again how to how to parade our way through. Um, it so, was El Terrifico week last week. It, it was El Terrifico week. It turned out to be an El Terrifico week, that's for sure. Um, so Cabral status, Kevin Cabral has been training with the LA Galaxy all week. Granny, uh, Granny, Greg Vanny, Granny. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure that's his nickname, right? Um, Vanny expects him to play a role in Saturday's game, says game fitness shouldn't be an issue because he's just got done playing with his last team. So, um, you know, he didn't want to say how much he would play. I, you know, would I be surprised if he started a little bit? Uh, I think it feel like they're going to bring him in off the bench and give him, you know, 45 minutes, that type of thing. But I could also see him going 60 minutes and them subbing in somebody else, bringing in Dunbar after him. Uh, so let Cabral sort of tire people out and then bring Dunbar in after. That's a, by the way, that's a whole thing that should happen on a regular basis is, is let, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Cabral go out there and just run people into the ground. And then when they're so tired, they can barely breathe. You sub on Cameron Dunbar and then Dunbar just oh. psh, right on by <laughs> the um, flash, the flash. Uh, so, you know, between those two, I, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, just Kevin Cabral. Uh, he talked about Koulibaly, Sega Koulibaly and his visa uh, stuff. This was funny because Vanny, Vanny started with, he goes, you know, this uh, visa paperwork stuff is going to be like the death of me. He goes trying to keep track of all this. He goes, it's driving him crazy. Just like everybody else, just so you know. Um, well, he, it's just like, like, like yourself and listeners of the show, you know, we've learned a lot more about the visa process over the last few years than I think we've maybe wanted to. Yeah. Um, it's uh, so I would, so the Vanny expects says that he has it, the visa has been approved and then you have to go to the consulate and get it like stamped on your passport and like signed or whatever it is. And then you can go. Okay. But, uh, they have the approval now they, and they have the appointment. And if everything goes well, uh, they're hoping that Sega Koulibaly is here sometime next week. Um, so that's good. You know, but he, but he also said, but we've seen that before, you know, type of thing. He goes, I'm not going to yeah. tell you that that's, <laughs> that's locked in and how it goes. Um, we just need another, another, uh, clerical error. That's all. That's, that's all, all the galaxy. That's all it right takes now. that you dot an I that you dot a J that looked like an I and it's all over. <laughs> but, that, yeah. An accent over the G instead of the E, you know, we'll, we'll end up in big trouble. It's done. It's done. Um, he'll end up in the wrong country. That's what will happen. Uh, so that's that, uh, injury wise. I asked Greg Vanny about Victor Vasquez, about how he's been doing. Apparently he has been recovering. Greg calls it going through some progressions, which is really interesting. Um, when you hear Vanny talking about progressions, what he's talking about is different steps that they take in order to get player back into game shape. Right. And so it's like, Hey, you need to run on the side. Um, that's, that's a progression that you make. And then the next one is, Hey, you need to do some light training by yourself. Okay. That's the next progression. You know, it's like these little things, these little check marks that you can say, we're working you back into fitness and the whole deal. So, uh, Vasquez has been going through those progressions. He trained with the team fully today. Um, and we're doing this on a Thursday, but that only gives him one day to sort of recover, see how his body and his groin, this is a groin injury reacts to training fully today. Uh, Vanny said that they really wanted to test him out on Friday to see if, you know, he could cross the ball at full speed and not have any discomfort. Like you really need to be well with your, your injuries, uh, and, and feel comfortable with that especially for what he does, you know, that that's having being able to cross the ball is kind of important, especially with how he, he, you know, delivers those dimes that he has been, uh, to, to Chirito. So I think, I think it's important to have him at full fitness. If you read the tea leaves, we saw a few weeks ago with Saldana not training with the team fully until later in the week. Then he was on, on the 18 and maybe came in off the bench. So I think it, that's probably where we'll land with Vasquez. Probably not going to get the start. 
uh, but maybe he is going to get a few minutes, you know, either subbed on later in the game or maybe brought in if the Galaxy need to make uh, make an impact. Yeah, maybe maybe you put him on the bench and don't bring him in unless you do need to. Need unless a, you have to. Yeah, unless you have to. And yeah. by the way, that would be a signal to maybe start Kevin Cabral because then you could do that move uh, yeah, um, Sebastian Legette into the middle with Jonathan mm-hmm. Dos Santos and Adam Saldana, and you still have a pretty robust center of midfield there. Um, and you can use Cabral on one side, Grant Sierra on the other side. So there's some there's some options there. I don't know if that's how it's going to happen, but uh, it's something that we should sort of sit there and, and discuss a little bit. Yes. Yeah, if I, if I was a betting man, I, I'd bet that Cabral probably gets the start. I think, you know, with his age and, you know, he was playing, I, I, I could see him starting this game. But Van, you know, Greg is smart enough. I asked him about any other injuries as well. He told us, uh, he was like, hmm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Greg, you, you, you know who all the injuries are. Injuries are. But he said um, <laughs> O'Neal Fisher was the only other one. He was recovering from a groin issue, which we didn't know about, um, and that he's making progress as well. I don't know that he'll be available. Um, he may be off the bench as well type of thing, but um, it's nice to have that backup and that position if if they if indeed he is but we learned about that just by asking a question what do you know there you go that's what you're supposed to do right yeah Uh, o'neill fisher by the way uh will be joining the jamaican national team um he's at least on their preliminary roster uh for the uh the june uh call-ups and everybody who's sort of so sebastian legit uh people gonzalez is on the preliminary roster uh efrain alvarez is on mexico's preliminary jonathan dos santos is on the preliminary as well i think that's everybody's julian i don't that's it. Yeah, Julian, Julian I don't no, think was not on that list. Not on the provisional anyway. So um, they have to whittle that down to 23-man roster. There's 30 people on the on the reggae boys uh, currently, uh, their, their squad. So uh, Jamaica will have to make some cuts. And if he's not healthy, that would be one of the reasons why maybe he doesn't make that. Um, so just sort of keep that off. And by the way, if you haven't, told, haven't figured it out, whenever the salaries come out, the shows go longer because the salary stuff is always <laughs> stuff we have to talk about a little bit. So Yeah, so there were some people in the chat, you know, wanting to go another hour, but, you know. We've got kids. We've got regular jobs. I think we've made that known enough. <laughs> so you know, there's a reason why we try to keep it woe, within an hour. Woe is me. <laughs> woe is us. Also, I would like to again remind everybody: I'm working without a, a net here. I have no liquid sustenance for the rest of the show. I I don't even have like I could run over to the bathroom and try to drink out of the faucet while I let you talk. If really, if it goes you know sideways. Um, yeah, I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to go. If you y- need to take a break, yeah, I'll just keep we'll, going. We'll, just, we'll, we'll go on Instagram. We'll scroll. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll ride bicycles together. <laughs> that sounds like a great a fun idea. time. Uh, weekly schedule basically has the LA Galaxy training today on Thursday. We had the media call that all got done. Uh, you do the walkthrough basically on Friday and then at 1230 p.m. kickoff time against Austin on Saturday. So uh, things quickly coming to a uh, head here in terms of uh, everybody getting ready for uh, for the Austin game. Um, as you look in this as well, uh, the Eastern Conference currently being led by Montreal, who had a uh, big game over Inter-Miami. Again, you know, if you look at the MLS power rankings, you never know that Montreal is, has been playing some some good games. Uh, yeah, not quietly. Yeah. Just by the way, getting it done. By the way, Eric, can we also talk about MLS changing the order of wins <laughs> again? So it's it went back. It's wins, losses, ties again, not wins, ties, losses, which they had done earlier in the year. They changed it again because they like to drive me crazy. I had already started changing some of it on my roster. Um, Patrick uh, gives us a super chat, by the way, and says another hour for five dollars. Patrick, one, thank you for your five dollars Two, no. Um, <laughs> we're already at an hour 10. We're getting, we're getting, we might get close anyway, irregardless. It, yeah. I was going to say somebody needs to buy me some stock in Dr. Pepper the way I'm going, uh, Montreal on the number one spot, new England, number two in the East, number three, New York city 
I would like to point out, by the way, that the top in the West and the top in the East are separated by what feels like a mile in points. Um, and so the Eastern Conference continuing to point out that they are not very good um, or they're all very good and they keep beating up on each other, which isn't the case. The, the Western Conference is where the the real action is at. And uh, I'm here to prove that over and over again. Uh, no bias for sure. Uh, Western Conference, uh, Eric, Seattle, 13 points. They had a midweek game. They won it. Um, that was a, yeah. that was a fun game, by the way, if you got to watch it any of wild. that, it, yeah, it got wild at the end fray with the, with an injury. They had a, a rolled one of the rolled on brothers Alex, in goal. Yeah. Alex yeah. rolled on was in goal. So the whole deal, um, it was, it was, it was all interesting. I was talking to Panda about that today, by the way. Uh, he was talking, he goes like, why we were sort of discussing, you know, should you save us a, a sub for late in the game in case there is that injury, the whole deal. And it's, it's like, it, yes and no. Right. Because it happens. So, I mean, how many times can you remember a goalkeeper, a, a field player having to play goalkeeper off the top of your head? Five times, maybe five times. Can you remember all five? I can remember two. I remember when Mike McGee did it. And I remember this last one. When was the, well, was the there some MLS other? MLS is back with Orlando. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, I think the, there was a man city game, I think where Kyle Walker right. popped in there and right. then. There's probably one more time. I'm sure there's but, other ones. I mean, I'm sure it happens, right? <laughs> okay, but so it, four. So I was able to do four. But out of all the thousands and thousands of games played, that's a pretty low sort of... Which yes. which almost makes the argument for, you know, the emergency goalkeeper sub, it almost should be outside of the, the five because it happens so rarely and you'd hate to put your team at a disadvantage. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I like that rule. You know, right. goalkeepers only sub, you get one. Uh, and they just work it out from the side. I like it. Uh, More subs make the game exciting. Put your best product on the field. That's where I land. Uh, Christian uh, Gomez, by the way, says both of the roll downs are from Pico Rivera. And I would like to correct your your spelling. It's Pipo Rivera. We all know that we changed the name whenever Pipo Gonzalez got here. Uh, Pipo was over Pico at one point. Well, I remember when that happened. That was that was a whole that was a whole thing uh, on here as well. So anyway, that's the standings. Um, I want to get to the uh, the Western Conference. Just LA Galaxy sit in third place in the Western Conference. Nine points. Uh, should they win this uh, weekend, they need to sort of win to keep pace with some of these midweek games that are starting to happen. Uh, the LA Galaxy don't play any midweek games until June, so still plenty of time. So there's going to be uh, the Galaxy are going to have some games in hand and some other things that are sort of coming. So don't freak out about any separation that sort of happens with any of that. Uh, the real focus is and should be on this game coming up uh, this weekend. So um, Hammer, I, I know we're sort of uh, we're sort of going in there. Um, and, and, you know, getting ready for this Austin game. I just, should, should we, should we kick off Austin? Are we ready? Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to this Austin game? Uh, I'm caffeinated. I'm warmed up. I'm ready to go. I've enjoyed the conversation, but let's, let's, let's do Austin. Let's get ready to roll. Okay. So we're going to do a dramatic game preview. Uh, the hammer has this one, uh, all set up for everybody. So, uh, you know, hammer, we'll, uh, we'll give you a little second. Uh, everybody take a deep breath and, uh, and then we'll rock and roll. So here we go. Hammer with the dramatic game preview, previewing the LA galaxies, uh, home match against Austin FC coming up this Saturday, 1230 PM kickoff time. Uh, let's get to it. This Saturday, Anthony Precourt's Columbus Crew SC travels to Dignity Health Sport. What was that? Oh, they're they're just Columbus SC now. Okay, and that's that's not who the Galaxy are playing. Okay, Boston. Aren't those the Revs? No, Austin. Okay, okay. Matthew McConaughey, the actor. Okay, that's fine. Anyways, where was I? 
the LA Galaxy return back to action this Saturday after their big El Trafico win. They'll once again be sporting their tech green community kits at home as they take on the Fighting Verde of Austin FC. Will we see the Galaxy debut of their new French signing Kevin Cabral after his visa paperwork felt like time was in a flat circle? Will Chicharito keep living, man? L-I-V-I-N. Because he keeps scoring goals and the homegrown players, they stay the same age. Let's hope that the Galaxy don't make a wrong turn and everything continues to go all right, all right, all right. All right. I mean, there, there we go. A little, a little hammer stuff. Um, by the way, um, that one was one of my favorites. I'd just like to point that out. I, 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 I went out of the box for this one. I was, I was, I, I've been laughing. I've been doing, I've, I, I did a little crying, um, you know, before I may, I may have told people, you know, ahead of time, sort of your idea of what you were going for. Um, and, and we, you, you hit it out of the park. So congratulations. That was a good one. Thank you, sir. Yeah. You, you know, you, you don't want to get stale with these. You want to mix it up every once in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I had, I had fun with that one. Thank you for indulging me yes. and, uh, and, and playing along. Yes, yes, of, of course. All right. Uh, the LA galaxy taking on, uh, Austin FC. First time these teams have ever met. I can tell you what the records are. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's always an easy one. That's an easy one. Um, you know, Austin has been playing well. Um, I don't think anybody can say that they haven't been playing well. They've gotten the results. Craig Vanny talked about them a little bit um, earlier as well and just sort of said, you know, yeah, they've they've played some good games. Uh, two wins, two losses for them in four games. Um, you know, haven't played a game at home yet, which I think is coming in June of some sometime whenever they finally get to play at their their new stadium, which looks very nice um, in Texas. Now, three teams in Texas. I mean, a lot of that stuff is, is really good. Um, and I think it's Josh Wolf who is the uh, the head coach yep. there, and uh, he has put together a, uh, a a good team. I think Greg Vanny. I don't know if Greg was throwing shade at Josh Wolf or <laughs> not, but in the in the media uh, press conference, they said, "Yeah, you know, whenever you have two years to put together a club and and get the players, you know, you really get the players that you want." And I was like, "Is that? I just I can't I, tell if that's shade or not. It feels like a little shade." It's a little shade, but it's also a compliment. And I think uh, when, when you talk about expansion teams, you can see expansion teams going a few different directions, and so. You never know until the product goes out on the field. And I think from what we've seen from Austin at the beginning of the season, they're plucky. They have they look like their players have been well organized. To Greg Vanny's point, they look like a team that they have spent two years planning how they want to roll out. And credit to Josh Wolf for getting them to play with a, a style. And they, they know what they want to do. And so that's why when you look at the schedule, you say we get an expansion team, you know, coming to our stadium, easy three points. But I just have to say not so fast, especially after a rivalry win. It feels a little bit like a trap game, especially with Austin being a team that's plucky and has, you know, a lot of a lot of MLS veterans who are going to make uh, life difficult. It's not going to be an easy three points, I don't think, for the Galaxy. Yeah. It's a winnable game, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. They should be favorites. They should be favorites in this game. Um, Alex Ring, Alexander Ring, uh, got two yellow cards, I think, in the last uh, in the last game. So he's out. He will not be playing. And that is one of their, you know, really big players um, who can play in the midfield. So I think that that certainly helps the LA Galaxy um, whenever you go over it. Uh, Matt Beasler is in there as well. You know, Diego Diego uh, Fagundes. So, I mean, there are guys in here who can make a difference um, and who can play well. And so, uh, you know, even Nick Lima over on the, on the right side, the right back is a very good player. Um, um, and so they have a lot of options um, to, to sort of, you know, cause some problems for the L.A. Galaxy. And I wouldn't be surprised. And certainly, um, you know, if you look at what how they played against Sporting Kansas City, they scored the opening goal. 
Eric. Uh, they scored in the seventh minute um, and then allowed Sporting Kansas City to come back in the second half. And then SKC scored a 90, 90th plus uh, yeah, minute goal. It all goal. fell apart. It, it all <laughs> fell apart. And you even look at some of the formations um, that they put together sort of in that second half and showing, you know, five defenders in the back is is one of those things that you sort of look at. Um, but again, there was also a red card in this game. And so things fall apart and, and you know, they didn't go well for uh, for Austin. But when you look at a team who plays all these road games to start things, mm-hmm. um, you need to sort of be cognizant of the fact that they're very aware of what it is to play on the road. They're used to it. And um, their record should be, you know, if they can get half of their games on the road where maybe they get some points out of it, then they did actually a really good job. So don't sleep exactly. on them. Um, it seems like uh, there's a lot of things that the, the, the Galaxy want to do in this game. I think possession uh, is going to be big. I think generating offense is going to be big for this team. How Greg Vanny sets them up. Who plays? I mean, quite honestly, we talk about it. This is a game the Galaxy should win. So, um, you know, it's really up to them to dictate how they want to play this game. They're at home. What are they going to do with it? Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit... Uh, we're going to see a little bit of a reverse of what happened last week. I think uh, the way Austin is set up, you know, especially how they've played with maybe more a more defensive and waiting for the counterattack, I think you're going to see the Galaxy able to possess more against Austin. And so they're going to be able to dictate the pace of the game and, and move with it. And so the defense will still need to be up to up to the task of handling it when they do get on the counter. Cause uh, you know, Diego Fagundes who's, who's scored some goals for them. You know, he's someone who could be dangerous if he gets in behind Gallagher is another player who who's looked good for them. So they, they have some weapons. They have some people who can get things done. So I don't think they should take the game lightly, but you'll see a galaxy team with more possession. They'll look, should look more dominant. Uh, but w- when we say things like that, it always makes me super nervous. And then we'll <laughs> talk about 538 as well. Whenever the galaxy are favorites, in the past years, you know, things have gone wrong against your your San Jose's who have been bottom dwellers, your Colorado's who have been bottom dwellers, and they just, for some reason against those teams, they, they don't get up for those games. So I think this is going to be a testament, another test for Greg Vanny. We asked how were they going to do against teams like Seattle and LAFC, and we saw a little bit. So now with these quote-unquote more winnable games. How is Vandy going to roll it out? Are we going to dominate these games or is it going to be another struggle for points uh, when you're supposed to win? So I think it's going to be another test for Vandy and we're going to see what this team is made of the galaxy team. Who's had a lot of, a lot of gritty wins. Uh, we're going to see, are they, are they finally going to be able to have a dominant win? No question. Didn't need to grind it out. Can we just win a regular dominant performance game. I think this is an opportunity to show that they can do that. Yeah, especially, you know, you're going to have a tough game against Portland coming up on uh, next week. Uh, you have to go to way to Portland on Saturday, May 22nd. Then you're home to San Jose. San Jose is a very good team so far this year. Um, you know, they have a 17 year old who's out there just causing nightmares <laughs> for people. Um, he's is a he, big dude, too. Uh, yeah, he looks like he belongs in Cobra Kai. Like when I know they, they, they brought that back. He definitely looks like he was central casting they, they sent him up to san jose so um there's all there's there's some things on the horizon here that the la galaxy see this as a winnable game they should be they should win this game um and so you know now you get to play from that spot it's um all of these are tests all of these are tests of confidence uh you want to make sure that the la galaxy aren't overconfident i don't think they were overconfident against seattle um i think they tried things that didn't work and that's greg vanny pushing buttons whenever he needs to but at, yeah yeah but at home 
Vanny's going to probably put in a pretty uh, lineup that he's pretty sure is going to work. Um, I don't think he's going to be experimenting on this. And the Galaxy should have the edge in possession. They should be the attacking team. They should be the aggressor. And how do they act whenever that's the case? That was the case against Miami. Remember, they held more possession and they were a little bit more of the uh, aggressor there. But Miami kept coming back in that game. Um, so, uh, again, this is just another step along the path in terms of checking off all the boxes, making sure. And we've seen this. This is not like this is going to be a... It, everybody wants to say, you know, this might be an historic start. It's not because 2019 had a similar start where we were all like, oh my God, one of the fastest starts in LA Galaxy history. Um, the LA Galaxy have to win this game if they want to be on even on the 2019 pace. Um, <laughs> so just just understand where you are in the history of the LA Galaxy is that uh, there have been teams who have won these games, these early games, and gotten out to a uh, you know a head start, and you know that helps. Um, and so this is a, a good way to be going, but you need to beat uh, Austin in this. So what did uh, what did five thirty eight say? Five thirty eight really likes the LA Galaxy. They're giving the Galaxy a fifty two percent chance to win. Uh, they're giving a draw twenty four percent, and then a loss or Austin FC win at twenty four percent. So you know coin flip that the Galaxy are going to win the game outright, and then you know uh, you know quarter of a percent chance uh, that they're going to uh, draw the game. So you know seventy five percent chance roughly that they're going to come out with at least a point. And so whenever that happens, that that's when it all goes wrong. So we'll see uh, if, if the galaxy can break the 538 curse. 538 also thought that LAFC for sure was going to win. Um, that's, that's why I don't like weekend. this. That's, that's <laughs> how it goes. Um, yeah. I mean, I would like to point out somebody predicted the correct score of the LA galaxy, LAFC um, game. And it was me. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I had two one on that. And so, um, I think that in this particular case, this should be a 3-1 win for the LA Galaxy. I see them being able to score goals. I want to see the defense, though. If you want to see progress in this game, show me a clean sheet from the from the LA Galaxy's defense because they made a big step against LAFC. Now do it against a team that you should be able to dominate and push around who doesn't have sort of their middleman who pulls all the strings and does all the things that they want. Because Alexander Ring, if you look at the passing charts, uh, certainly is a is front and center in that, and he will not be available for this game. So um, yeah. that that's what that's where I sit. What, what what do you think? Well, that's it's like you're reading my mind with with a clean sheet. I think this is the opportunity for the Galaxy to flex their muscles and for the defense to get that first clean sheet of the season. So I do think they are going to get a clean sheet. I think, you know, 2-0, get that insurance goal and just dominate and coast to a win. That's what I'd like to see. Maybe without Alex Ring in there, maybe it becomes a 3-0 and becomes, you know, you, you're able to really bury the game and then just kind of possess and, and run the clock out. So I, th I think a 2-0 game. Uh, is a likely outcome. And I, if, I, I like that, that. I'd be very pleased with that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. That's a that's a good solid win. Just make it a, a no doubter, right? It's one of those yeah, you score score exactly. one in the first half, score one in the second half. The game is over in the seventieth minute because you're controlling the ball and they never touch it. And they're never going to get any chances. Yeah, um, yeah. Bring in the the Johnny Perez victory cigar at the end. You know, you know. Let, let's 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 make it happen. All right, sounds good. Uh, that's uh, that's where we sit there for that. Uh, the game is at twelve thirty p.m. Uh, this game is being broadcast on. On Univision, um, I believe that they they dual broadcast this on Twitter as well. Um, so if you want the English version, you can either use SAP or uh, on Twitter is usually in English. So uh, just a heads up if you're not going to be there. Uh, big news with the CDC announcing that uh, basically fully vaccinated people should be able to uh, to go around outside and inside without masks on. Uh, I would tell everybody to just pump the brakes in terms of what that means at the stadium. You're going to be wearing masks this weekend, so prepare to wear your mask and there should be no increase in attendance as of right now now down the road and what happens with that that could be a ch game changer we'll see how where that's at i will talk to the la galaxy on saturday whenever i'm there and big news 
from the corner of the galaxy folks here, Larry Morgan will be at his first game in a very long time. So Larry got an approved credential. Uh, it's been really limited space with a lot of uh, things. And so Larry, Larry got one in there. Um, no, and, and, yeah. No offense to Larry. It was probably easier to get into the Austin game than, than the LAFC <laughs> it, game. It, it is. And, it, I, and that's coming from me. I, that's very relatable. Uh, I was able to get credential for those, the, you know, the Colorado's of the world. Yes. Uh, not, uh, not, not exactly on the map for the, the LA, the LA El Trafico Derby. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, El Terrifico LA Derby. <laughs> um, I will not be there. I will not be at the home game on Saturday, May 29th. I'll actually be traveling that day. So, um, you probably won't hear from me at all that day. And then the LA galaxy go on a little bit of a break. So expect some breaks in the podcast after, um, that Saturday, May 29th, we'll have a little bit of breaks there while I, I go gallivanting around the East coast. Uh, so I can visit some family that I haven't seen in a little while. So we're going to do that with the family and I'm sure I'll be going crazy. So, um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be hot and sweaty. Absolutely guaranteed. Um, so just keep that in mind, but Larry will be at that game, um, Saturday, May 29th. Um, and so, uh, you'll still have some coverage, uh, Larry will write and we'll make sure we post that up on the website and all that fun stuff as well. So, and if you, if you haven't been going to the website and reading Larry's, Larry's pieces, he always, he always has a fun angle after each game. And so I enjoy reading Larry's pieces. So if you're not already doing that, Go, go check it out at the website as well. As always, uh, for those of you who have been paying attention, uh, Monday shows are now live as well. So if you'd like to join us on Monday nights, uh, YouTube channel, you can find it. We are live with uh, with the Panda as well. So uh, we do live shows on Mondays and Thursdays now. Why not? We did all the work as like it was live on Monday, so might as well do it live on Monday. Uh, so as always, we appreciate your super chats and everything else that we have ongoing there. Uh, Eric, anything else we're getting to or we're done? We're done, right? We're done. Okay. We're done. I feel good. Hour and a half salary show. Okay. Matthew McConaughey references. We're good to go. Okay. Uh, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You could also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over, cornerthegalaxy.com, videos, articles, all that fun stuff. Check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, review, all that fun stuff. Thank you for the Super Chats tonight for everybody who joined us in the chat room and the live show as well. Enjoy the game on Saturday. I will see you out there Saturday, May 15th, 12.30 p.m. kickoff time against Austin FC. Games on Univision. All right, that does it for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.